previously at the Macarius Avenue. It's a amount of the kingdom. Everything you're talking about is just kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Praise God. One big fact about the kingdom that our kingdom is a kingdom of light. Praise God. So I'll just give you scriptures to buttress it, then we can pray. First Peter 2, verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. A peculiar people. He's talking about you and I. Praise God. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into where? So we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So since you left darkness, you have come to a kingdom of light. Praise God. Say, I'm in the kingdom of light. Light means revelation it means opening hallelujah it takes away ignorance glory to god it's not just like light as in this light but you have come to a place where your eyes are opened into the things of god glory to god i'll give you another scripture in ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 ephesians 5 Verse 8, for ye were sometime, well, darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, he said, walk as children of light. So now you, you first you were darkness, but now you are light. Then he said, now, therefore, walk as children of light. Hallelujah. Now that you are in the light, he expects you to walk as a child of light. Look at what he explains on that. Let's go. He's explaining what it means by to walk in light. To walk in light doesn't mean you're walking around with lights and touch light on your head. He said, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness. So the child of light is the one that is bearing the fruit of the spirit. So how do we know that you're a child of light? You are bearing the fruit of the spirit. He said, in all goodness, righteousness and truth. So where there is light, there is righteousness. In the kingdom of darkness, there is no righteousness. There is no truth. It's actually the opposite. There is unrighteousness and there are lies. But we who are children of light, he expects us to walk in the righteousness. And that righteousness is not our own righteousness. It is the righteousness that Jesus has imputed upon us. Because he gave us, he expects us to be able to walk in it. If I give you a shoe and you wear the shoe, you are wearing the shoe that I gave you. Now I can expect that, oh, the guy is wearing the shoe. But if I didn't give you a shoe and I'm asking you, where is the shoe that I gave you? I've not given you any shoe. But now he gives us his righteousness so that we can now walk in that righteousness. That is the message of grace. Glory to God. Now, I, ah, I don't want to teach. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm trying to explain something. It might become elongated. Now you see, when people are preaching grace and law, they make a big mistake about it. You and I actually were not given any law. So when you were born, you were born actually just in grace. By grace, you have been through faith. Praise God. So you have nothing to do with the law. Now when we say the law, the law is in different 
Now we have the Mosaic law that was given to Moses. We have the Ten Commandments. So when people say that the law is abolished, which of them is abolished? Now the law itself revealed the righteousness of God. Because Paul says the law was our schoolmaster. Meaning that the law came to beat righteousness into you. Meaning that you are not working in righteousness. So the law says, I'm going to enforce you to walk in righteousness. So I'll give you laws so that you can walk in righteousness. So law itself is not bad because it reveals the righteousness of God. But that righteousness is through the law. There's the righteousness through the law and there's the righteousness through Christ Jesus. And grace comes with the righteousness through Christ Jesus. And the righteousness through Christ Jesus actually came to enforce the law, but in a different way. Hey, I hope you are getting it. Clap your hands for God. So when people say the law, the law is passed, we don't have to obey the law. Which of the laws should we obey? And which of us adultery been canceled? It was part of the law. But now nobody is enforcing it on your head. God expects you to look at it through grace. Grace gives you the ability to do it. Hallelujah. Whatever the law says you shouldn't do, grace gives you the ability not to. Whatever the law says you should do, grace gives you the ability. Now, nobody will punish you if you don't do it. The punishment is at the end of the age. But in the law, it was instant. Instant justice. You miss it, you commit adultery, you are stoned to death. Praise God. But grace comes and gives you another chance. Empowers you to be able to stand. Clap your hands for God. So tell somebody, the law is not actually just passed just like that. Grace came to fulfill the law. Because most people are not Bible students. So somebody said the law is passed. And we are no more under law. We are under grace, grace, grace. You can hear grace message and be, and be playing buffoonery. Okay. And think that now God is... God understands every stupidity that you do. But grace came to actually enforce, reveal the law in another way. Can I get a very big amen? amen. Clap your hands for the Lord. Are you sure you are here? So when you read all the mosaic laws, do you know that even show the harm to even farm? That there is a season in your farm that you have to leave the land fallow. Now that Jesus Christ has come, I think that we shouldn't leave our land fallow again. Because the law is passed. Are you getting it? But now grace expects you to understand. Nobody will come to your farm and say, you have not let it follow, so you are going to be judged. But grace reveals the importance of leaving your land follow. To know that when you leave your land follow, you are actually, God is actually even helping you. But because people were stubborn in those days, he forced their land so that people would be planting cassava from one season to another season to another season. And God said, leave the land follow. Okay. For a while, so that it can replenish. Our great students are here, right? Oh, you are an architect. <laughs> so that, at least you did some general agriculture. So that the land, so even God had agriculture mindset and He put it in the law. Now, which part of the law to say that bestiality, sleeping with your 
bull or animal that want to pass. We don't see that in the New Testament. Do you see it in the New Testament? No, he didn't talk about it because the law, grace gives you that. That don't sleep with your dog in the house. Or your goat in the house. The fact that Jesus, they'll say, oh, but Jesus didn't mention it in the New Testament. Paul didn't mention the New Testament. So the law is passed. No, no, no. Tell somebody, it not be like that. You for interpret Bible well. Tell and make you understand. So you understand, you realize that grace preachers can make the whole thing that we are fighting with the law. We are not fighting with the law. Everything that God does is good. The law is not bad. But in grace, he gives us better promises. I foresee it's not bad. But 13 is better. But if you use iPhone 6, you can still work and take your pictures. But the 13, the pictures be cray. You know, be clear, be cray. <laughs> oh, clap your hands for God. <laughs> oh, do you, do you, I, I, do, I hope you are getting it. So that you don't just get up and say, the law is passed, the law is passed. You make a big blunder. You make a big blunder. The law is too potent. But under grace, we are not being forced. The law is no more a schoolmaster. God gives us an eye-opening. He says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart. And Jesus put it even in two laws. Love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all. So if you love God, there are certain things you do. If you love your neighbor, there are certain things you do to your neighbor. All the law is fulfilled in these two major laws. So there's two law. And the law is the law of love. Which you can only walk in it by faith and receive grace to live by it. Can the amen be louder? Clap your hands for God. So which part of the law is cancelled? Is it the Mosaic law? The Ten Commandments? So the Ten Commandments is gone? Mimbi boy. Once I was seeing a Bible. It's not, it's, not, it's not gone. But grace is helping us so that we are not under pressure. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, nothing is compulsory. Even who told us to come to church on Sunday? Is in the Bible? Why are we here? on Friday. We decided in the Macarius to decide that we come to church on Friday now. It has become our own law. The Bible says Jesus made it his own custom that far before dawn, nobody asked him to. He decided to. Now, do you know that we can decide that we won't meet on Sundays again, we'll meet only on Friday. And you see some of you was like, huh? Sunday is a day. We can decide. We can decide that we'll meet on Monday. Monday evening. And it's our meeting time. But that is by revelation. Glory to God. So sometimes we put things on ourselves that become law for ourselves, but there is nothing wrong with it. The kingdom mode we are in is a kingdom of routine. Anybody who cannot obey routine cannot work with God. God has not changed. The fact that grace came doesn't mean that God is no more God of eating. The same way when you wake up in the morning, the sun will arise. The sun will set. It's been like that for years. The law was there. The sun was arising and setting. Grace has come. The law, the sun is still rising and it's setting. It's routine. If it's nighttime, you must sleep. Whether there's grace or there's law. You wake up in the morning. 
that is how the world system is run. It's called routine. If you want to experience God in the kingdom of God, you yourself, the Lord was helping them so that they can be routine with God. Okay. So that, you see, you can quantify. If you decide that you're going to pray, grace will tell you that you can pray anytime, which is true. Oh, yeah. But you see, when in the Lord, they ask them, you pray what? Four times. They are four watches of the day. You can quantify your prayer. But now, nobody is telling you to pray four times. Okay. And by grace, you can be lazy because nobody is forcing you. God expects you to create your own prayer time because he showed it to us through the law that there was a routine that made people pray. But now, under grace, I'm not going to force you. The best example is SHS, a university. SHS is the law. University is grace. So, SHS, you must go to prep. Prep is forced on you. Is prep bad? If you talk at prep, ah. Mr. Dekeman will slap you. They will slap you for talking. Now, in the university, there is no prep. That is grace right there. You must decide the time you do your own prep. You can talk anyhow, do whatever you want. The exams will determine your fate. Whether you finish the university or you actually be sacked. Or you finish and not have a certificate. Okay. It is you that are deciding. But when you go to the university now, you must create your own routine. In essence, they force the routine on you. But now you must create your own routine. That when I wake up, I will now study at this time. Okay. I'll go here at this time. I'll do this at this time. Eat at this time. After, after lectures, I'll pray. You are still creating a routine for yourself. Yeah, I hope they are getting it. If you are getting it, clap your hands. You are creating a routine. So, immediately you are in grace now. God is telling you that I showed you something in the law. Which now, I will not force you to do it. But now, I want you to create your own routine out of what I taught you. I, I, I forced them to. So, when I force them to pray four times, you under grace, I won't force you. But you must not create your own routine. So, when Jesus came, he created his own routine. Jesus, far before thought, it was customary. The Bible made it clear. He made it his own custom. Jesus can quantify his prayer life. That there is no day he doesn't pray at dawn. If you don't take time, you say that we're under grace. We can pray anytime. It's true. But you realize that a week came, you never prayed. Because you're like, oh, let me pray in the afternoon. We are under grace. You won't pray. You go and watch Chelsea match. You go and argue. Uh, you say, no, I'll pray later. By the time you realize, seven weeks have gone. You have not prayed. Because you don't know how to create your own routine. Routine is a part of the kingdom of God. Tell the guy who doesn't like routine. I don't like the, I don't like the guy by you. That. If you know how you are saving that guy's life, you shake him and say, Hey! Routine day part of the kingdom of God. But nobody go force him on you. Under the grace. Clap your hands for God. I think I make them simple, right? Clap your hands for God. This is as simple as that. You didn't get them. It's the same way with giving. Nobody will force you to give. In the kingdom of God now, Titan was still before the law. So it was made to put it there. 
it was forced on them. There was something about it. That is why that's why God didn't make it five percent. He didn't make there was something about the ten that he forced it on them. In the New Testament, you are not forced to. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, nobody's forcing you to pay tight. Nobody, it's not compulsory. But if God, who everything he does is good, okay. why will he force it on some people? And now come here and let you decide. He's telling you that you must see it. The same way with offering. Offering was put in the law. But offering was started before the law. The first people who gave offering, nobody talked to them. God didn't even demand it for them. Cain and Abel. It was a revelation. Now, in the law, there are different kinds of offering. Even if you sin, there is a sin offering. There is a peace offering. If you have a problem with somebody, you come and give an offering for peace. There is a wave offering. That offering, you wave it before God. There is a bent offering. There are different kinds of offering. Why was God doing all that? There's the first fruit offering. Why was God doing that? He was showing them something. But in under grace, he doesn't talk much. In the New Testament, you read the New Testament, you realize that he doesn't talk much on offering. No. He talks about giving. You decide. He said, you purpose in your heart what you this is not what I'm trying to say. You see, I say I'm explaining grace. I'm talking about light. You see that you have brought me here. Uh, clap your hands for God. Nobody is forcing you to give offering in the New Testament. It's by revelation. Nobody forces you to give tithe. It's by revelation. But you see, Titan helps you to quantify. You can, it's a routine to know that every time I have an increase, I'm able to take 10%. It's for your own good to be able to quantify the routine that you have been doing with God. You can stand on that and pray. But you can say, I'm under grace, which is still okay, and I don't need to tell, which is fine, which is true in the New Testament. But you realize that you're giving it haphazard. Now, mark anybody who said, I don't pay tight, but I give more than the tight. It's a lie. It's a big lie. Because look at me. If you can't give the percent consistently, you can't give 90. You can't give 50. You can give 50 once a while, be, but you can't be consistent because the 10 self, you don't feed one. So your giving becomes haphazard. Today you have something, you throw it on God. God, they take your jara. Jara, you throw it on God. God, not they look for jara. Our kingdom is a kingdom of prosperity. Our God is a prosperous God. As a matter of fact, he doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. No. Tell the guy about you. God doesn't need your money. Anything God asks from you, he wants to press it down, shake it together, running over, give it back to you so that you can always have, so that you can always give. Glory to God. Are you sure you are here? Now you understand the meaning of grace. You understand. Oh, you understand. Yeah. And that grace can let you become prayerless. Somebody will, if somebody say, tell me your secret about your spiritual life, tell you, oh, it's all by the grace of God. They are not telling you something. When Paul says that 
now you have come to a place where we do not have to work but we have to rest I think it's Romans chapter 11 right where it says that labor and it just comes and says, now you labor that you may enter into the rest for he that has entered into the rest of God has ceased from his own work that's it that's how somebody can just preach and say we don't have to do anything make you not do amen you don't do anything and see whether whatever God has given you labor labor is God's own idea everything God gives you gives you a seed when God gives you a ministry he'll give it to you in a seed when God gives you a prosper, prosperity he'll give it to you in a seed you have to grow it by laboring but yet Paul who wrote it said that I labor in the grace of God and I labor more than you all when it came to tongues Paul was able to quantify the whole tongues of the church weighed it and said I pray in tongues more than you all the church of Corinth he told them I pray in tongues more than everybody in this church you try and pray in tongues for just three hours and see whether there is no labor in it it's just grace when you are there the grace will just be carrying you you know, carry you. That's routine. Katibo, Palada, Kishata, Lika, Bronde, Kisa, Badaba. I think the musicians, you are singing by grace. No, it's true. I can go and pray for the grace of God. I'll just sing right now. Oh, Alice. No. God gave you the voice, but you have to train the voice. You have to go for rehearsals over and over and over. You meet a good musician that you met. He said, How did you make it? He tells you, It's by grace. He has deceived you. He doesn't want to tell you the secrets. He has not told you that he has slept in studios many, many, many times. He has slept there trying to sing. And sometimes this is not coming. Sometimes they write the song, they throw it away. They have done it over and over and over and over. And now when they sing, you say, this is so easy. They say, the grace of God is at work. Can I get a very big Amen. Tell the guy by you, say, tell, please tell me your secret and stop hiding under the grace of God. Shake him and say, hey, tell me the secrets. <laughs> tell me that you have been praying three hours every day. Tell me. Tell me that in the grace of God, you still pray. Can the amen be louder? Have I helped somebody? Hmm. So when you look at the law, it can help you to know the things that God did to them. Do you know that the Pharisees, they so lived the law that the law became righteousness unto them. But that was the righteousness according to the law. Praise God. And God called it self-righteousness because they were bragging in it. And you know, they had to memorize scriptures. They, the, guys, the guys were good. Even Paul. Hallelujah. Look at someone and say, hey, you got to do what you got to do under the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tell him again. I don't like the way you are telling the guy. Have I helped you now? So we are in the kingdom of light, yeah? So he said that Ephesians... You see why you must go to a church that the word of God is taught? So that whatever you're doing in church, you should do it by revelation. Don't just do it because they say we should do it. Oh, you are showing me the Romans, eh? All right, let's read it. 
Oh, show them. Some people don't know it. Let's show them. Romans 11, verse 6. I say then, had, uh-huh. and if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace, but it is be of works. Then is it no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more works. Seven. When then Israel had not obtained that which seeketh for, but the election had obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Uh-huh. According to the written, God had given them a spirit of slumber. So now he goes in and talks about the rest of God. Where he's talking about is actually the Sabbath. He said, when God, God, God is still in the Sabbath. So if God rested, we are supposed to also rest. But the rest is talking about, he's talking about the rest of Shalom. Not that you are sleeping and things are working. The rest there, he said that you are entering into a place of Shalom. Shalom is the highest realm where every Christian can operate from. That is where God dwells. God is never moved by anything. If somebody dies in Kolebu right now, God will not cry. Why? He's the author of life. He can raise that guy up. He can let him come home to heaven. Or the guy can decide to go to hell. And God will not be moved. He's a shalom. God is not moved by the Russian war. It's shalom. Ghana, we are not in shalom. If there is a war... (laughs) If something is happening all around you and it will affect your finances, it will affect things around you, you know they shalom inside. You are not here. So when he said that, we must strive to enter into the rest of God. He's trying to let us enter into that place where we are not moved. You see, I'm looking at Bishop Wedepo's Canaan land and nothing, the economy is not affecting them. They don't know what is happening in Nigeria. Bishop Wodebo says since 1991, he doesn't know the price of bread. He doesn't buy bread. He doesn't even know the price of bread in Nigeria. He asked them how much is bread since 1991. The shalom is high. I pray that you get to that level. They don't depend on Nepal. Since 1991, light has never gone off. They don't even know what is happening with Nepal because they have their own Nepal. There is no water shortage ever since 1991. Why? They have their own water. They are living in a place of shalom where the surrounding activities do not affect their quality of life. And that is what God says we have to strive to enter. That when you enter into that place, you are working. Doesn't mean that are they sleeping? You are working, but your business is not affected by the economy. If the dollar rises, mm, it goes down. Mm, why? Your business still they move. I think this is a make I go ahead. I pray that God will bring you to that realm of shalom. Where nothing will affect your business, it will affect your family. Glory to God. And that is why I'm praying that God will bless you so much so that you can have a lot of reserves. Now, you're re- now we say somebody is rich. Forget about all these guys driving Mercedes-Benz around. They say they are rich. They don't get money. When they say somebody is rich, it means that his reserves are far more than what he has. 
Now, you go to the, uh, the British kingdom now. Their gold reserve is more than here. We who have the gold. They, 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 now, the chicken they bring from Brazil, and all, how, how long do you think they have been in the fridge? Some of them have been in the fridge for five years. Because, oh, I'm telling you. They don't believe me. Oh. You are buying the U.S. chicken. They should come and give you their fresh chicken. They have silos. They have cold stores. I'll prophesy to you about your cold store today. Yeah. They have cold stores that they keep their chicken. When the farmers produce, they keep them. So that in case of hunger, they can feed their country at least five years. In case of hunger. Now, they are bringing it in and it's getting too full. So they go, how long has this been here? They say five years. Take it to Africa. So they ship it. You are happy you are three United States chicken. I say free for five years. Three years. And you're fresh. Clap your hands for God. The silos that Nkrumah built, we don't know where they are. We can't even keep our own tomatoes. So you see that if something happens in, in the world now, we are in big trouble. That's the same thing with your own life. If something happens right now, how much day your reserve inside? Ask the guy by you, how much day your reserve? <laughs> you see, you have not even gotten the little things you have before you even think about reserve. So it means that you are not there yet. That's why somebody who wake up just gets more money and go and buy Mercedes Benz and drive and think he has money and his reserves. The man, the, the, the Mercedes Benz is more expensive than his reserve. There are no reserves. Praise God. Clap your hands for the Lord. Clap your hands. Say, Father, thank you, Lord. I'll build reserves. Can the amen be louder? Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. Let's go. Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1. Are you in Colossians? Colossians 1 verse 13. God has delivered us from what? The power of darkness and has translated us into... Say, I'm in the kingdom of his dear son. I don't like the way you're saying it. Verse 12. Go back to verse 12. It said, Giving thanks unto the Father who has made us to be partakers of his of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us. Now, coming out of the darkness is a deliverance. Yes, and you have to thank God for delivering you out of darkness. People think that deliverance is only when demons are being casted. But this one is a big deliverance. The greater deliverance you had was that you were taken out of darkness into God's own marvelous light. And that is the kingdom of his dear son. Say, I'm inside the kingdom of his dear son. 
Look at it. He said, in whom we have redemption through his through his blood. Even the forgiveness of our sins. Who is the image of the invisible God? God is what? It's a fact of the kingdom. So someone say, I saw God. Tell him that the Bible says God is invisible. So where did you see him? I would rather believe the report of the Bible than your own report. Glory to God. The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are where? I can't get you. In heaven and that are visible and whether there be thrones, dominions, principality or powers, all things were created by him and for say, tell somebody everything created by him including you you are for God shake him and say you are for God I finish with James chapter 1 James chapter 1 James chapter 1 James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from and coming down from the Father of in with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I like this one in the Amplified. Amplified makes this very beautiful. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from where? Where does God live? Above. Where is heaven? Heaven means? Okay, you got that on Sunday, yeah? You got it? It comes down from the Father of light. So it's coming down from above, heaven. The Father of light and the creator and the sustainer of the heavens. Anything, everything that is above, God is holding it. In whom there is no variation. Yes, please. No rising or setting. God is the same. God is not going to rise tomorrow and come down tomorrow. He's never going to rise. There's no forwardness with God. Say, it's like God is upgrading. No. Or God is confessing, I'm moving forward. God is not moving anywhere. He's where he is. He's trying to say you that there is no variableness. He's God and he's God. He does not change. Can the amen be louder? It is you that keeps changing. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the worse. Tell the person, at least change for the good. Or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. There is no shadow casting. So when you go to heaven, you don't see any shadow because the kingdom is a kingdom of light. I told you the Rastafarians are taking this thing from her. The Rastafari is the light. No, no, no. Jesus is the light. And when you get to heaven, there will be no bulbs. There will be no sun, no moon. Jesus Christ himself is the light. Because the sun, the moon are lesser lights. 
for this world. That is why the world is still dark anyway. We still live in a dark world. But Jesus is the light of the world. Now when he left, he he has given us light. So that we have now become also the light of the world. Can the amen be louder? So you are living in a kingdom of light. Therefore you must love light. People who don't love light are people when they come to church, they want to sit at the back. Oh, when you come and already the front is full, it's okay. But there are people, no matter what, if they bring them forward, or she say come forward, don't come. They always want to hide. You don't love light. Witches don't like light. Wizards don't like light. They are always hiding. So anywhere there is light, they'll fight it. Oh, is somebody here? I'm not saying that you should sit at the back. Hey, somebody say, if somebody sit at the back, then he said, which? No, no, no. no. (laughs) In the kingdom of God, the glory diffuses from a lesser concentration. So now that I'm here, the glory moves from here to the back. It's true. That's how it happens. But why is it that you don't come to where the thing is coming from? You want to be at the back. That's why the same way some people get to heaven, they'll be at the back. They so love the back that Jesus said that, thank you. You'll be close to the throne. Because God draws in an inapproachable light. The closer you are with the throne, the more of God's light and glory that is shining upon you. That is why when you see an angel, the angels, they are glowing with God's light. Because they are in a kingdom of light. Glory to God. Tell somebody, learn to come in front when you come to church. When they say this, go in front, they say, no, 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 no. But when they go to the stadium, they want to see Thomas Patel. They want to see the guy. They want to sit in front. They go to party, they say, that front seat is mine. Why? Because of your love. What is, what is your love? Oh, Jesus. Tell somebody, stop hiding. You are a child of light. Tell him that you live in the kingdom of light. 